Sports is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. Turn, hands it off to Minner, hit the backfield and drilled. Again, 13's there to make the tackle. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation, this is the KLIN Husker Hour. Strike three called, and the Huskers are the Big Ten Conference champions. Sunset got it! Underdog and then one! Exclamation point! Now your hosts, KLIN contributor Cole Stukenholz and KLIN reporter Matt McMaster. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. It is a bi-week Saturday here in Lincoln. You've got your whole day to yourself. What will you do with all that time? Well, we're glad that you're spending some of that time here with us. I'm Cole Stukenholz. That's Matt McMaster. hey We've got Kenny Larrabee getting us up on the KLIN Husker Hour Facebook page, at KLIN Huskers. It's where you can find our live video and our archived video uh, for this week and uh, previous weeks. We've got a lot to talk about. There's no Husker football today, but there's still plenty going on. Uh, we've got a lot on the black shirts, the offense, Memorial Stadium plans. Uh, we're going to talk Husker hoops. We're about two weeks out from the season starting there. Jacob Bigelow from Huskers Illustrated. And Nebraska Shootaround Podcast is going to join us. We've got volleyball. The match of the year, part one, is coming up next Saturday. Nebraska's got the leading soccer scorer in the country. She cannot stop scoring. There's a lot of big things going on. A lot. A there's, lot going on. There's a, there actually is a ton going Because soccer's good. I don't think anyone really expected that. But to be fair, they're not really covered. So I don't think anyone had true expectations. But yeah. if I always say this with Nebraska athletics. If you build it. They will come. Build a winning program. Yeah. People will be interested. People Absolutely. were right about it. People will go to your games. People will support you. Kudos to soccer. A lot of hard work uh, from those incredible athletes and from that coaching staff. And, you know, Barbara Hibner Stadium, awesome stadium to go and watch a, a soccer nice. game at. A lot of people have been going to them. Good for them. Uh, you got basketball all of a sudden, kind of out of nowhere. And <laughs> honestly, kind of out of nowhere. Like, I remember I was this week, you know, just working. All of a sudden, oh, Fred Hoiberg's at Big Ten Media Day? Like, oh, we're, that, we're that close where we're, we're having media days? Um, vo- volleyball game of, of the decade, uh, of, of the last five years, of the last six years, whatever you want to call it. Maybe, Coin, you know, you've been here longer. When was the last regular season game of this magnitude for Husker Volleyball? Can you recall? Well... There's Maybe been we, we there's been some like be... late stage regular season. I mean, even last sure. last year, late regular season sure. where it came down to that Nebraska, Minnesota, Nebraska, Wisconsin, th- those we'll, those we'll get... late season ones. But in terms of this early in the conference schedule, and the yeah. anticipation, and the fact that it's going to be at Devaney, and it's one versus two, and Nebraska hasn't beaten them in a while, like all of that is stacking up for just an epic night one week from today. So uh, we will get to volleyball. I do want to hit on that in addition yeah, and, to Husker and, Hoops. And we will have someone for volleyball for sure next Definitely. weekend uh, uh, to talk about it. Husker Hoops, big time. Something brewing. Something might be possibly brewing on the Husker Hour for, for Husker Hoops in the next couple of weeks. I haven't even told you that. I'm trying. I'm working on something. Yeah. When it comes, it comes. Yeah. All right? But Absolutely. if it doesn't, don't hold me against it. But something's something big might be brewing. We're um, figuring out ones and twos. Trust, so a little hint. Trust, trust in Matt McMaster. Trust the process. Trust hey, the process. Uh, trusting the process right now. How about the uh, the thing that's making the rounds this week uh, on social media? The the Nebraska Husker the Husker football video of Matt Rule with his pregame speech. Everybody, Great. everybody, uh, just kind of sharing that around. Kevin Durant. Reacting actually, to that, really? yes, he he reposted Will Compton's post of that That's of that funny. little two minute. If we die, we die. If we die, we die. If we die, we die. The amount like... of times I've said "If we die, we die" this week to my friends as a joke has been really funny. I I am going to tell you right now, Compton said it. I don't think there's a better thing to say before you go out and you play football. I totally agree. The, in the way that he said it too, it wasn't corny. He built it, up to it. Oh, oh, a million percent. It was. He believed it. Knows he what believed he is doing. He is man. The man is a is a speaker at heart, son of a preacher man. I was about to say it, it shows, absolutely. absolutely shows. Like the way he gets everybody up for that game, and I'm not even sure. I I, I haven't had a chance to watch that video in full. I'm not sure which game that was for, but the fact that Nebraska has somebody who is able to fire people up a little bit more than 
I think at least the previous two coaches, Bo Pelini, I'm sure, was a little bit uh, a little bit loud before games at times. But it, it's it's good to have the program at least flowing in that positive direction here in this bye week. Can't imagine what the the narratives around this program would be had they not gotten that win over Illinois and headed in here two and four. But three and three, you did the absolute minimum heading into the bye week, and now you've got a shot with the rest of this six game schedule to find three more wins and make it a bowl make to a bowl game. And and I want to start with kind of the things that Nebraska can do here in this two week break between games to make that dream a reality to get to a bowl game for the first time since the Obama Give it administration. To me. Give it to me. Number one, play the kids on offense. I I let me push back real quick. Real quick, okay. They don't have any other options. They, <laughs> like, they may like, not at certain positions. Like, like, well, I what I don't think they. Yeah, I don't think they really. I mean, they have to. They have to. But yeah, continue. Sorry, I, I'm so, kind of. You know, yeah, no, it's all good. Pissing on your parade here. It's all but, good. Yeah. So obviously, at receiver, they don't really have a choice. They don't have a choice. Marcus Washington's out for the year. So you already knew. IGC. You already knew you lost IGC. Yeah. Xavier Betts left the program before the season started. Go over to running back. You lost A.J. Allen before the season started to transfer. Yeah. And then Gabe Irvin and Ramir Johnson go down the same week. They don't really have options other than what they've got at running back. You move Fleeks over there because I think it's pretty clear to the Husker coaching staff that uh, you're you're not quite ready to play. Emmett Emmett Johnson's getting a little bit of run, yes. Emmett Emmett Johnson got seven carries. And that was before the Anthony Grant fumble, granted. You're not quite ready to see... Uh, everybody there, though. And, and well, so, well, with Ives, it's very clear. I mean, it, it, the the idea was that they were going to redshirt Ives this year, no matter what. Clear yep. cut, uh, you know, EJ Emma Johnson was going to be that third back that they might use every once in a while. I think he might have fourth back. Really. Yeah, I mean, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, the fourth back, and and so I forget with Anthony Grant, Ramirez, Gabe, and so now he's kind of into that fold. And I think that they still want to keep that red shirt with Ives. Yeah. I think Ives you will probably see have a couple carries maybe in the last three, four games of the year, but I, it's very indicative to me that they were talking about, Rule was talking about Ives as the number two back, mm. or the number three back, rather, behind Johnson when the injuries first happened. Now that they've moved moved Fleeks over to running back, it's clear that, okay, they're going to roll with those three guys and, and, and yeah. keep Ives on that kind of redshirt role, which he should be. You know, he's he's a freshman. They have a lot. They see a lot of potential in him. But if you don't need to use him, you know, have him have, him have those next four years when he's got a full year of development under him. Right. And, and so what I really mean when I say play the kids, there are two position groups. It's wide receiver. And it's offensive line. I want to see a little bit of the offensive linemen who are who are younger. You in this want program. you want, I want to see Gunner a little Gatula? I want to you see want a, little a little Gunner Sam Gatula. Sledge. You want a... Sam Sledge is behind Ben Scott at center, but if you want to mix him in a little bit at guard, maybe. Uh, and and at wide receiver, it's obvious where to go there. I mean, you've already seen a little bit of Bryce Turner, um, or excuse me, Jalen Lloyd. Well, yeah, I want um, to say real quick, Bryce Turner uh, now playing defense along with uh, I believe Jeremiah Charles as well is now uh, on defense. Yeah, so, uh, so they're at corner now. So yeah. those guys who were recruited as wide receivers, but both of them, granted, hadn't been playing a lot of football right. in high school. They didn't really. They were more athletes than true position position football players. Yeah. So, so Jalen Lloyd, you've seen, and and now you you've got a little bit more Jaden Doss who who's coming off the injury, uh, and my guy from preseason that you wanted to see Malachi Coleman. He is now thrust into the role that Marcus Washington and Isaiah Garcia Castaneda, I think, would have had. He played a lot more snaps after the injury to Marcus Washington. Uh, he had what? Two catches? One catch? I think he just had the one. He had the one catch. He had a really, really nice block That's on, the... on that Billy Kemp run. And then yep. I will say this. There were a couple of times where he was just open. Like, yeah, he just yep. didn't get the ball. So you, you get him out there. He's able to figure out how defenses are going to play against him. Work against man. Work against zone. Run his routes. Make sure he's he's staying up with each play, and and that he understands what he's supposed to be doing on each play. Get him blocking, and and yeah, have him have him get the ball a few times. Have him make sure he's getting open, and then Harburg's got to get him the ball, obviously. But work him into the offense more. Work Jaden Doss and Jalen Lloyd into the offense more. You can't you can't do it enough this season because number one, they don't really have other options. 
And number two, it's going to pay dividends going forward. If these guys are here long term, the experience they get here as true freshmen will help them in 24 and in 25. I'm going to push back a little bit on the play the kids on the offensive line. Just a little bit. Because I think that one side of the ball has looked really, one side of that offensive line has looked really good. Um, I think Ben Hart has shown improvement. He has. I think Ethan Piper has had his moments. Ben Scott's been a rock. Newly's been really good lately, New too. Ely, He's Ely's trending been, up. Yeah, and so there's been improvement. And I just don't think offensive line is a, and you still got, you know, you're. Prohaska has seen a little bit more time, but you know I don't this, know that he's I don't, I don't know that he's there yet, and it may not be well, physical; so, it may so, be more mental. Well, for him. I'm going to tell you right now, it, we're I think we're past the point of is I mean even Rule has has kind of mentioned like his his legs are under him, like he's healthy, like yeah, he's fine, yeah. I just think and and Rule has said this multiple multiple times at the press conferences. Turner Corcoran is the only tackle that left tackle that he knows. So they're just going to stick with Corcoran because I just think they have a better shot at winning games with Corcoran than they do with Prohaska. That's that's my speculation because we're now halfway through the season. I know he was coming off a knee injury, but you know they he's been healthy now. I mean, I think he only missed the first game due to health, and then they said he's back into the fold. That's so, right, yeah. And so now, yeah, I, I, and and frankly, I mean, with, with Turner Corcoran's play, you know, if if Teddy Prohaska, if they thought Teddy Prohaska was was good enough to do that, and they've they've said, I mean, Rule has said that he is healthy. I, you know, he if they thought that Prohaska would be playing, so yeah. I, I think that they just need to continue to work with the offensive line. They continue need to continue to build chemistry and just work with each other. I just don't think that's a unless it is a absolutely deathcon five like. Someone can't touch anyone, and they're just having a horrible game. That's that's what would induce you switching something up on the O line, but I don't think that's going to happen. I agree with you. Um, I think Evan Johnson's got to get the ball more. I think yeah, I think because I he's think, got more because he's got something to show, or because you don't want to feed Anthony Grant as many carries because you're worried about him fumbling. Uh, the latter, really? Yeah, I yeah. think I think we're at that point. I think we're at that point where you just can't. I know, I know. Johnson fumbled the ball too, but that was more on a handoff. That was more on the exchange than it was him getting hit and not being able to protect the ball. I, I think we're too far gone with with Anthony Grant to be giving him. I I I've disagree, but I've seen enough. What what I've seen enough. I've seen enough in terms of when he gets consistent carries, he fumbles the football. He did it against Minnesota. He did it against Michigan. He did it against Illinois. I mean. It's and all of them, by the way, like Michigan was really close to the red zone, or like they were in Michigan territory. Illinois was in Illinois territory. Minnesota was in was getting. Into, it was across the fifty. It was least. across the fifty. Yeah. So you're getting to the point where he's 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 a he's a fumbler. He's a fumbler. He fumbles the ball. I and, just don't and with know a team who doesn't score as many points as Nebraska does. The last thing they need to do on offense is turn the ball over. And their turnover differential is one of the worst in the country, and that was something that I know for a fact was hammered into that team going into the season. Mm-hmm. In the offseason, that team was told consistently, we need to win the turnover the battle. The last time that we had a really, really good season with Bo Pelini, they won the turnover battle. Since then, we have not, and and we haven't been to a bowl game in six, seven seasons. So... They, they've been told that they need to win the turnover battle, and you got guys on the team that are consistently turning the ball over, and with an offense that has had firepower, has lost a lot of that firepower, they can't be turning the ball over. And they need, and especially when this defense is giving you the ball as it was in Illinois consistently in Illinois' zone, they need to... They need to convert those points and not turn the ball over. I mean, they had too many times where they had good field position and they didn't come away with the points. Yeah, look, he's he can't fumble. However, you don't have any other options. Emmett Johnson. Emmett Johnson is not going to be able to take the punishment I, of that many carries it will think, take to not I don't play think, Anthony I don't Grant. Think, I don't think we're at the point. I I think he's unplayable. I think he's unplayable. I let me let me let me retract that. I don't think he's unplayable. I don't think you can count on him to have the ball 13, 14 times again. Without fumbling once. Yes. That's where we're at. I mean, he carried that less. <laughs> he carried. He carried. 
He carried it less than 15 times in both instances and fumbled the ball. Yeah. We're at that point. I, you're, not, you're just not going to move the ball very well without Well, him. they're not moving the ball very well to begin with. I know, but you're not going three and out very often. They're, they're at least getting a first down or so every carry. They, they're going to have, they have a lot of problems. If we got time more later, we'll, we'll, we, we can will hit talk. on no, more No, no, no. We're going to keep going. Because that's the discussion. Because we know the defense is good enough to win the Big Ten West games, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah. All right. Um, when we come back, uh, we're going to switch gears. Uh, we'll get back to Husker football a little bit later. But Husker Hoops, Jacob Bigelow from Oscars Illustrated uh, is going to join us right after this here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. Husker Hoops, we, we are down opening night. We are down media days and just 15 days away from the Huskers tipping off their season with an exhibition against Doan. Uh, and it's time to talk some Husker Hoops with uh, our pal Jacob Bigelow, who's gone into, gone into hibernation from our show, but we've got him back now. Uh, and he's uh, he's ready to ready to unleash himself here with uh, lots of Husker news, uh, even even one breaking yesterday. So uh, good to have you back, Jacob. How are you? Uh, it's good to be back with you guys. No, um, I'm great. Uh, it's been a been a busy week. Uh, made the trip up and back to Minneapolis for Media Day, and then obviously the big local uh, in state news uh, yesterday. So it's been been a fun week. But uh, basketball season's almost here, and uh, it's almost like I'm. Starting to feel whole again. The closer <laughs> we get to the closer we get to hoops. So yeah, but uh, happy to be back with y'all. Absolutely, and let's let's start there with that commitment. Yesterday we saw Lincoln Southwest Braden Frager uh, commits to Nebraska, the first Lincoln high school basketball recruit from high school since Jake Muleheisen in two thousand one. Uh, let us know what Nebraska is getting in Frager and and what he's going to bring to Nebraska basketball. They're they're getting a really. Uh, they're getting a freakishly athletic guy. Uh, he is, I know, when you think a local kid out of Lincoln you and playing basketball, you probably don't think about um, crazy athleticism. But, I mean, this kid has he's – got, he's got a dunk reel from his summer uh, playing AAU with a, uh, ETG Midwest out of Omaha. Um, he's listed at six foot six, two hundred ten pounds. I mean, he he finishes strong. He's a he's left-handed. Fred Hoiberg loves him some lefties, uh, especially guys who have shown the ability to shoot. I think he's he's a career, I think forty percent uh, three-point shooter at Lincoln Southwest in two years. Um, and he uh, we we you hear about guys who are late bloomers, but I think uh, with Frager being a twenty twenty-five, you know, going into his junior high school season, you could call him an early bloomer. Just uh, the way he moved, uh, the athleticism that he's shown, um, and I think Nebraska's getting a good one. Jacob, let's uh, let's move from that big commitment. You were at Big Ten Media Day. Tell me what was the biggest takeaway uh, from when Fred Hoiberg uh, went to the podium and, and and was talking for you? Well, Fred definitely gave the longest opening statement. That's for sure. Um, I was worried. I was worried he was going to take up his entire allotted time with his opening statement, but he. He uh, he made sure to mention just about every guy on the roster. Um, he really likes his. He really likes this team. He does. Um, it's similar similar vibe uh, that we had going into the year last year. But uh, he really likes this team. Uh, is really high on the amount of experience these guys have. Uh, they're they're the most experienced team in the Big Ten. And per um, one of my favorite basketball dork analytic sites, BartTorvik.com, they're the fifth most experienced team in the country. Ooh. Um, so they've got a lot of guys who have played a lot of basketball in their in their time. And uh, you know the adage of "get old, stay old." You know we've heard that across um, across a few sports at Nebraska in recent years. But um, with uh, with a good mixture of guys returning from last year's group and then uh, new blood out of the portal. Um, they're they're doing their best to do just that. So, Jacob, follow up question here for you. You're you got a team that is structured where you have I'll call Casey Tomanaga a superstar, and then you have a lot of guys who played last year, and then they went in the portal and they added even more guys with a lot of experience. And so, really, this is a team with a superstar caliber player along with a lot of depth, and frankly, a lot of really tall and long guys with versatility. And it seems like that Fred has a you know he's adopted this playing style from last year that's going to fit with this team this year. Here's the big question, all the lead up to this. Is the expectation the NCAA tournament, and if they don't make it, is it a a failure of a season? 
Um, I think the expectation, I mean, Fred is basically, I mean, we, we kind of tried to try, we kind of, I don't want to say we tried to bait him, but we definitely asked him what would define success, you know, in his side session on Tuesday. And, and he, he was, he was blunt. He mentioned postseason play and I, you know, they were very close last year to willing their way into the NIT. And Fred has said multiple times that he thinks if that team stays healthy and avoids the injury buzz, that they're an NCAA tournament team last year. Um, I think, you know, they were picked 12th in the officially unofficial media poll. Um, I definitely think if they, if they finish 12th, that would definitely be disappointing. Um, but the middle of the Big Ten, once again, is going to be a cannibalistic, jumbled-up mess. Yeah. So um, I don't know about the NCAA tournament, not missing the NCAA tournament, it being a failure, but if they're not playing in some sort of postseason, then uh, I think there definitely would have to be some speaks about, uh, about the season. I'm joined by Jacob Bigelow here talking Nebraska basketball here with us on Husker Hour. Uh, Husker fans are going to get familiar with these transfers pretty soon, Jacob. you got Rank Mass, Bryce Williams, Josiah Alec, Aaron Euless, depending on whether or not he plays a lot or, or at all, uh, and Boogie Coleman. Uh, rank their importance for this upcoming season. Uh, number one, I... Number one, I'll, I'll throw Mast up there. Um, I've heard rave reviews about him since he got to Lincoln. He only had a few limited practices before going overseas to play uh, with the Dutch national team. Um, but I think he's going to be – there are going to be some nights where he's their leading scorer. He's the best player on the court. I've heard rave reviews about Rink Mast. Uh, and that's coming from uh, people close to the situation in Lincoln, coaches in the Missouri Valley. They've all rave reviews about Rink Mast. Um, number two – I'm going to go – it's close between Bryce Williams and Boogie Coleman, um, but I'm going to – I have kind of – I have I have donned myself as the captain of the Bryce Williams hype train. I'm very high on Bryce Williams, so I'm going to put him at two. Um, he kind of came on late last year at Charlotte, but he still found his way to be a you know an all-conference USA guy, um, and you know I don't want to – you know, sound like you know name drop guy, but one of my best friends in the world is a, is a, is an assistant coach that had the game plan for Bryce Williams just last year, and when he was on his came on his visit to Nebraska, he just simply told me that dude gets buckets one way or another. Um, he loves mid range pull up game. Don't know how that's going to gel with Fred, <laughs> who hates uh, who hates tough twos, but he's also a good a good three point shooter, and he's got great length and athleticism and. Fred even alluded to him getting some run at the point, bringing the ball up. So he's a very versatile player. So then at three, I'll put I'll throw I'll put in Coleman, um, just because he he's um, you know he's 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 might have the most experience. But you know he's yeah. playing in Ball Ball State, being an All Mac guy, one year at Missouri, um, six five. Um, the guys that we had at Media Day, Mast, Alec, and C.J. Wilcher, they raved about his court vision. His passing, um, I wouldn't say he's a true point guard by any means, but he can definitely play it. Um, so, but I think he's he's going to be pretty valuable too. And this is not at all any slight toward Josiah Alec. Josiah Alec, the, that my biggest takeaway from Big Ten Media Day is that if you don't, if you're a Nebraska basketball fan and you don't love Josiah Alec already, you're gonna by the end of the year. Just his personality, how he carries himself. Um, he, he talks like a coach and he's, you know, he started his career at UMKC and then he played for Richard Patino down at New Mexico. He started every game on a really solid New Mexico squad. And he had the quote of the day, in my opinion, at media day, talking about how he's basically having to bully freshmen into playing physical and hitting, hitting people. And, um, he even, even dropped a little F-bomb talking about how he's going to bury freshmen on the baseline <laughs> if they don't hit him and play physical. Um, but I think they're all valuable in their own way. Josiah, Josiah knows what, I mean, I think all those guys, the biggest takeaway is I get the sense that they all know what their roles are and they, you know, they were sold on roles out of the portal to come to Nebraska. Um, but I think they're all, they're all going to be valuable in their own way. Real quick, real quick, Jacob, give me the starting lineup. This, I know it's going to be tough with the amount of, the amount of guys they have on this team, but real quick, give me the starting lineup. Um, in reverse order, Mast, um, Mast, Alec, until Gary is fully healthy. I don't know if he's 100% yet, but I think he's going to play a lot. Yep. Um, so Mast, Alec, Williams, 
Tominaga, and then a coin flip between Boogie Coleman and Jamarcus Lawrence, who we've heard has changed positions to full-time point guard. Um, so that was the other you know, big thing this week was the talk of, of point guard play. So. Matt, Matt McMaster on the Jamarcus Lawrence. Yeah, if you're train. well, look, you you nominated yourself today as the conductor of the Bryce Williams train. I am the conductor of the Donovan Rayola train, but on the basketball side, I am also the conductor <laughs> of the Jamarcus Lawrence train. So I will. I don't know if you know, but I will officially dub and and claim that name. And and I feel like you're a good resource to defend that. By the way. No, I will keep that in mind. They okay. don't call that area around PBA the rail yard for nothing. A lot of hype trains um, going on on those on those tracks down there. Absolutely, so I, will, I, will, I will keep that in mind. Absolutely, as the season approaches. One one more for you, and then we'll let you go, Jacob. Uh, obviously, Kese Tominaga was uh, named uh, preseason All Big Ten. He came on strong late last year. Give me the argument that he is able to perform at a level or or at least a level close to that late season performance across the entire 23-24 season that Nebraska may very well need for him to be able to to, to get Nebraska to the the dance. Um I think he's going to I mean the biggest I I think you I mean did you see that video they posted on <laughs> uh, on Thursday? I did. Uh, him, yeah. him of him uh him telling a guy who was coming up the screen for him, "Nah man, I got this." And then you hear someone say, "Oh god," in the background when he puts that shot up and he still nails it. Um <laughs> I think Casey Casey knows he's the guy. He knows he's the guy, but the rest of the Big 10 also knows he's the guy. And yeah. that's going to be the big difference going into this year is He's going to be on the top of scouting reports, but I mean to be, you know, just the third guy, you know, since Nebraska joined the league to uh, be named, you know, all Big Ten. He's got pretty good company. A couple guys named Petaway and Palmer. Yeah. Petaway, Palmer, Tomanaga. That's a uh, pretty good company to have. But um, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see because even when defenses adjusted to him toward the end of the year last year. He was still able to find a shot. Um, but, I mean, Fred, I'll, I can end on this. Fred joked at Media Day that, you know, they asked him about what it meant for uh, K-State to be named All-Big Ten. He said, I don't even know if K-State knows yet if he was voted <laughs> All-Big Ten. That's just the way he is. He's just been working. His routine hasn't changed. And I don't even know if he knows that he got voted <laughs> preseason All-Big Ten. But um, definitely going to be a lot of, of Tomonaga fever in Lincoln as, uh, as the weather. The weather gets cold, but the Tomonaga fever starts to heat up. That's right. Always good company, uh, Jacob Bigelow the best. Uh, from Huskers the best. Illustrated and uh, Nebraska Shootaround Pod. You guys going to start cranking out some new, more episodes of the podcast soon here? So the podcast is actually kind of in limbo right now. Oh, okay. Uh, due to uh, some changes uh, with uh, with Jacob Padilla's, uh, he's going to be covering Creighton this year. So oh, we're trying. Wow, to, that's right. Uh, we're trying to figure out what uh, what the future holds uh, for the podcast, but um, got still got a little bit of time to figure that out uh, going into the year. But I appreciate the plug yeah. nonetheless, and I appreciate the time as always. Good to be back with you guys, and excited to uh, talk some more hoops going into the year. Yeah, good stuff. Hey, thanks, Jacob. Yep, thanks, guys. All right, that's uh, Jacob Bigelow. It, and look, I, I'm I the agree. Mount Rushmore of uh, guest of Husker Alec. I've always said. Look, so. I agree about Josiah Alec. Uh, the the thing that comes to mind with that guy, uh, I think of the the Maui song from Moana. You know, the "You're Welcome." Yeah, the hair. Sure, he's got the hair and the bod. That dude is just jacked. I will say this: so as a student, I see Josiah Alec on walking around the Haymarket. Hard to and, miss. Well, he's walking around a lot. I think I think we live in the same area because I okay. see him maybe once or twice a week. Yeah, yeah. That guy does not wear uh, sleeves. Okay, it is all it is all sleeveless. I would shirts. never wear sleeves if it I was all, that guy. It's all wife beaters. It's all that stuff. And It'd be you hard know to wear a shirt. Well, I always say if you got him, smoke him. You know, and he's got him. So <laughs> like you always yeah, no, say. I always say if you got him, smoke him. So he's got the arm. Show him off. Hell, I would. Oh my goodness! All right, hey, uh, we're going to show off next uh, with our uh, Husker Husker hoops and uh, Husker volleyball. Uh, takes. Uh, we're going to get those uh, and more Husker football, of course, uh, as we roll on here on Husker Hour this morning. Stick with us. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. 
Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. Big thanks to Jacob Bigelow, just joined us, uh, writer for Husker Hoops uh, over at Huskers Illustrated, uh, and uh, you can uh, always catch up with the podcast. If you missed that, subscribe to the Husker Hour on your favorite podcast feed of choice. Uh, we also post our stuff over to Husker Max, uh, so you can check it out there. And, of course, the live video at the Facebook page, at KLI and Huskers. Okay, uh, with this, uh, the men's team and the women's team, we're going we're gonna to head on them in this segment as well. Um, you mentioned it when we talked to Jacob. Fred Hoiberg really likes the team. I think that's pretty clear when he talks about the team. I would agree that I'm pretty excited to see um, what this team can do, mostly because of Keisei Tomonaga kind of coming into his own. I think the comfort factor for him is big. I just don't know that he was quite comfortable in playing with this team and and having a role as a a reliable like go-to shooter. But now that he is comfortable you're going to start seeing him just let let it loose. It's going to be in, maybe in spurts. He may not do it for an entire game, but he's going to be tough to bring down. Uh, so if you can get a lot of points out of him or just draw the defense so that other guys can put up points, he's going to be obviously the centerpiece. And then one guy that we didn't actually talk at all with Bigelow about, Ramel Lloyd, yeah. uh, I'm interested to see what he can do in a supporting cast role as a scorer, as a distributor, just somebody who's dynamic. Um, but I, it's hard to not be excited about the transfers. They've got experience. They were all conference from where they came from. Sometimes that translates to, to success in the Power Five. Sometimes it doesn't. But they don't need to hit on all of them, I think. They just need to hit on some of them and and pair with uh, Keisei Tomonaga to be able to, to give enough uh, in Big Ten play for Nebraska to get to mid middle of the standings ish and and start to knock on the door of the big of the uh, NCAA tournament. I slightly disagree with Mr. Hoiberg when he said the team if they didn't get injured would have made the NCAA tournament. And the reason why I disagree is because and it's an underrated storyline if Emmanuel Bandabel and Jawan Gary don't get hurt, I don't think you see the emergence of Casey Tomanaga in the way that you did. I yeah. think what you did, you what would you what you would have seen is, hey, Casey had a really good end of the season. He could be a legitimate spot up shooter and a guy that can uh, help them down the road and spread out the floor. But we don't know where the main offensive output is going to come. I think that's what have been what would have been the storyline if Bandamel and Gary stayed hurt because they would have played more of a conceited style of offense um, and you know would have ran through Derek or Derek Walker a little bit more. Um, but because they got hurt, Casey had to play a lot more, which means Casey got the ball a lot more in offense, which means Casey shot the ball and, and it went in. And so then you saw the emergence of superstar Casey Tominaga. Yeah. And I think so. The, I, I disagree with that because, frankly, they wouldn't have went 5-1 and one to end the year in the Big Ten without Casey playing the way that he did. Little small note, but I just want it to be out there that they changed Vandemel, the way they played when they, they when did, those guys and they went did, down, and sure. it's going to be. I think this year isn't going to be. They're still going to play that defensive style, but I think the offense is going to look a little bit more like the traditional NBA offense uh, that they were playing in the beginning of the Fred Hoiberg era. I think last year they went away from it because they knew that that team couldn't, you know, the offensive style of that team wasn't made for it. Now that they have a guy who can play in it, and now they've gotten other guys who can play in it as well, especially Rick Mask, mm-hmm. um, they, 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 they are going to be a, a good team. If they don't make a postseason, I, I like Fred Hoiberg. I think he's a good coach, but maybe it just it, you, there's going to be a legitimate conversation about whether or not he should be the coach next year if he does not make the offseason. Maybe he bought himself another year with the resurgence of the team last year. Um, but I think there are expectations for this team, which is a hard thing to deal with in, in Nebraska athletics. Heck, ask the women's team. 
yep. last year who started the season ranked and and even said themselves that yeah there was a ton of pressure on us and and it, it kind of got to them a little bit so I think this is a team. I think you got a lot of guys who played last year who necessarily won't see the the floor as much, but you also got guys who you didn't see last year who are going to fit into this team. I do think, though, this is going to be you won't know it till you see it because there is a lot of variable. Um, Jacob went through his starting five. Masks, Alec, Williams, Tomonaga, Lawrence. Or Coleman. Or Coleman. Coin flip. How many of those guys were on the starting lineup last year to begin the season? Well, to begin the season, none of them. None of them. Yeah. None of them. (laughs) So, you know some guys, you don't know some guys, you have an idea of what things could play. It's very Husker football-esque, if you're being honest with me. Yeah. Let's Speaking about the Limbs team, let's go to the women's team, Amy Williams group. Uh, Still a lot of familiar faces. Like like the men's team, you got Maggie Mendelson, you got Maddie Kroll, you got Alexis Markowski, Kendall Coley, Annika Stewart, Kendall Moriarty, Kaylin Hakey, uh, Allison Weiner, Jazz Shelley, all back. You got some new faces with Darian White, a grad student, Logan Nisley, uh, for, uh, she's a guard from North Dakota, another Australian on the team, Jessica Petrie, 6'2 forward from the Gold Coast. She's a freshman as well. You bring in Natalie Potts. She's a, a freshman from uh, Montana. So, Mix of new faces, mix of familiar faces, massive loss with Izzy Bourne and Sam Hybe. I'm going to tell you right now, if this team is going to be successful, it's going to have to be the Allison Widener show. We saw it last year uh, before she tore her ACL. She looked great. She looked like she was the go-to scorer when the team was going through some droughts. You know, Jazz Shelley had a pretty inconsistent year. Still a really good year. Inconsistent year, though. Uh, and it seemed like when the going got tough on offense, Widener was the one who could pick them up. She got injured when they beat number 21 Kansas in overtime. The team never looked the same. And so, you know, they're going to need to count on her for a lot of offense. Uh, With Jazz Shelley, the concern for me with this team is inside. Other than Alexis Markowski, they really don't have that physical inside presence, at least not till December, because Maggie Mendelson is going to be with the Husker volleyball team. And there is a little concern for me. We kind of saw it last year. It took her a while to get her basketball feet under her after playing volleyball. Volleyball, basketball, two very different sports. And so they're going to need Mendelson right away. And maybe Annika Stewart takes that next step up. Uh, but she's been more of a perimeter player uh, as a, as opposed to a post player. So they're going to need to step up in the inside presence on uh, for women's basketball. Yeah, you're you're right about how Allison Widener uh, her importance to this lineup and to this team is is pretty evident. They they just don't have somebody who plays like her on this offense. So when she went down, they didn't really have somebody who could kind of jump, well, they had they Hybe, jumpstart but, the offense yeah, in the same but way. Even, I'm pretty sure Hybe got hurt at the uh, and or was was nursing something at the end of the year as well. So all, all the time with her, she played yeah. through it. She was tough. Well, she's still, always, she's still one of the best scorers in yeah. uh, in franchise or program history. So and yeah. and it's it's a massive loss to lose her. I mean, she was yeah. she is such a good scorer. The I'm excited. I'm excited to see Jessica Petrie, another yeah. Australian. They've got the comfort level. They've got the pipeline. Uh, she's got Jazz Shelley to kind of bring her along. Absolutely. And 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 yeah, you're you're right about Mendelssohn. If she can if she can get off to a quicker start, making that transition now that she's done it once, that would definitely be helpful as well to be able to so important kind of, kind of lead her. They back still have tournament hopes though. They still got enough back, enough production back, and enough yeah. talent to definitely hit go to another tournament appearance. For sure. So the good rundown there of uh, both the men's and women's basketball programs. Uh, when we come back, we're going to hit on volleyball uh, and a little bit on uh, the black shirts, maybe a little bit more on the Husker football offense as well. That's all coming up here on Husker Hour. Talking with current and former Huskers and those that cover the Big Red, this is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. couple matchups this weekend, but everybody, I think, will also have their eyes on next weekend, at least one eye on next let's, weekend. Let's just go to next weekend. Let's you just talk about it. You don't about, want to talk Penn State I mean, tonight? No, not really. Um... <laughs> I said this, and the reason why I want to talk about it last week because you weren't in the studio with me when I talked volleyball, and I think right. I made some some pretty bullish statements in all in all honesty. And the thing that I said that I think was the most bullish was this team is special. This team is electric. This team has that different feeling than last year. I think last year when they got ranked number one, they came out 
they looked like a top team, but they, you know, they they were winning like a top team, but they ne- weren't necessarily playing like a top team. And I think people Something were. Was just off. It was just off. And I think a lot of people in Nebraska. I mean, look, you want to find a group of people who know more about volleyball than Nebraska. Good luck, because I don't. <laughs> I don't think there is a collective state. There's yeah. not nearly as many people who know that much about volleyball as the state of Nebraska does. And so I think everyone could agree that when they saw last team's last year's team play being ranked number 1 to begin the year, yeah, they looked good and they were winning, but it didn't it wasn't it wasn't the, the national championship teams of the past. This team this year with the surprises and the freshmen, but also these young veterans as well. Because Allie Batenhorst is young, but she's a veteran. Yeah. Lexi Rodriguez is, isn't a senior, but she is a veteran. And so you got this, this electric mix of talent, athleticism, fire, competitiveness, but also just dominating wins. I don't think any result matters. Win, loss, whatever. Any result matters unless you beat Wisconsin. If they lose, they lose before Wisconsin, and you know, or they, you know, whatever, they lose before Wisconsin and they end up beating Wisconsin, who cares about the losses? But if they go undefeated all the way up and they lose to Wisconsin in Devaney, and then you got to go and you got to play them. At, you know, at Wisconsin, and then maybe even lose that. You could be you could see them in the tournament again. Well, look, certainly. they could be twenty six and two, and I think everyone would agree that you'd be a little bit disappointed that you lost those two games to Wisconsin because that's that's the lone wolf, that's the top dog. You want to win a national. Look, I said it last, and I don't mean to be recycling radio material, but John Cook is no longer coaching volleyball to have a Final Four appearance, to come in third place, to come in second place. He's coaching volleyball to win national championships. And that entire and, team... And the Big Ten championship. Absolutely. Which you could argue is maybe more difficult well, than winning well, a national Well, title. there's no argument with John Cook. He believes that. He I mean, said he's, it, yes, he's, many he's, times. he's said that many times. So look, they need to go out and they need to beat Wisconsin, frankly, to get the monkey off their back. Because it's been six years. It's been six long years. One of those losses was a national championship game. Yeah. They need, and this team especially, with how special they have looked, need to get that elephant, not even a monkey, need to get the elephant off their back and, and beat this team in order for them to take that and finally put it in their heads like, hey, we can win a national championship. Yeah, and, and the thing is, they've got the recipe to do it with the youth that, it, that they've played. They've played a lot, and they've played so well. Wisconsin's definitely an older team and Nebraska has relied so much on obviously Bergen Riley and Harper Murray in, in particular, Andy Jackson as well. And, and Lainey Chaboy is, is rotating in and she's playing a factor too. Those four true freshmen have completely changed the equation when it comes to Nebraska, Wisconsin, and they will. And Merritt Beeson too was not a part of this team last season. Lexi Rodriguez is still obviously a big part. Baton Horse Krause. You've got players that are are well aware of what happened because they've lived it for one or two Absolutely. seasons. Even. But the fact that you've got so many players who are doing it for the first time, they're going up against Wisconsin for the first time, they don't have that scar tissue from the losses. That changes the equation. So John Cook knows that they've played free, they've played easy, they've just played out there and, and let their talent show. That, I think, is the recipe for success against Wisconsin this season, especially in this matchup. They get them at home first, then they go out there to Wisconsin to end the regular season. And you're right, it's not about going as far as you can in the tournament unless you win the national championship. It's not about winning and racking up all these all these victories against the also-rans in the Big Ten. It is about getting by Wisconsin, Yes, winning the Big Ten, and winning a national title. And it starts on next Saturday, the 21st, against the against the Badgers at your house. You've got to take them down at your house to have a chance to go win the Big Ten Championship because if you get behind the eight ball like that, then you've got to run the table and you've got to beat them in Madison. And that's yeah, a tall ask. That's such if a tall ask. If you get ass. by them here, you have the upper hand, and at the very least, you control your own destiny. So I, I will say this. I did watch Wisconsin play. Watched them, you know, spot a couple times. They're big. 
They're tall. The size is obvious. Yeah, it's, it's, it's their yes. fist. I will say this though: Nebraska holds the athleticism advantage for sure, yeah. and that game is going to come down to Bergen Riley and how good is she at deceiving yeah. the Wisconsin defense, the tall, aggressive Wisconsin defense, and how good is she at setting up her absolutely stud uh, outside hitters with Harper Murray and Baden Horse and you know just. Browsy and, and, and along with the middles with Alec and, and Jackson. Jackson. Yep. How good is she? It's that game will come down to her and just getting Wisconsin off base. And I think that while she has shown that, you know, she she's had some freshman moments, she's also had some all American moments as well. I mean, she she has she is a freshman and you wouldn't know it. And she will be one of the best setters. In the country at some point. It's just that she has to show up that day against Wisconsin. And so all comes down to it. All comes down to the Badgers. And frankly, I think everyone knew it would. Yeah. I think everyone knew it would. And and next week is going to be the real test and, and one of the biggest. And I got we're I don't know who we're gonna get on. There's a lot of volleyball people that you and I are fortunate enough to be friends with uh, that we'll have on the show. But yeah. I want to see if they think this is one of the best biggest regular season games that they've covered because frankly, as a student, this is by far the biggest regular season game that I have people talking to me a week out about Wisconsin versus, and it's on a football game day. It too. is like yeah. there are more people yeah. on campus talking about this Wisconsin Nebraska volleyball game than they are Nebraska versus Northwestern. Yep. That just goes to show you the importance of the magnitude of this match coming up. And hey, we are unapologetically looking past the match tonight against Penn State. That's a yeah. seven o'clock uh, first serve. You can catch it over at B one hundred seven point three. Uh, of course, as you always can here uh, in Lincoln. All right, uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to get back to some Husker football to take you home, uh, get you ready for your bye week Saturday here on Husker Hour right after this. Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. Wrapping things up here on your bye week Saturday, uh, Husker Soccer is at Minnesota. They are uh, they're still in the hunt for an NCAA tournament bid. They've obviously got the leading scorer in the country. Eleanor Dale cannot stop scoring two goals per game, dang near lately. Uh, she's been the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week every other week it seems like so uh big ups to them and uh they are uh, in action one o'clock today against minnesota we told you uh husker volleyball is tonight seven o'clock and uh obviously husker football is off this weekend hey yeah, big 10 turn going to be massive by the way for soccer if they yes. can win a couple of games they for sure are going to get uh an nc t- tournament bid and they aren't ranked but i know they they keep getting votes they keep getting votes they are in that kind of hunt so yeah. they're not in the top 25 but they're hovering around the top 25 which is where you like to be you know yeah. but hey you win the big 10 you're in so and they have played number 4 penn state who right now is the favorite to win the big 10 and they only lost by one and you know, that was a game that they could have won as well so yeah kudos to them all right uh let's let's dig back into football one last time here before we go give me one name on offense and on defense if you want, but definitely on offense, that has to play well in these last six games for Nebraska to find three more wins and make that bowl game. If you want me to go first, I'll go first because I got one teed up. Go. Turner Corcoran. Okay. Enough said. It, no, Enough, yeah, yeah, seriously, because if Nebraska can get at least marginally consistent offensive line play, especially from a tackle, and especially from the tackle that has not played very well this year, at tackle, I think he's more of a guard, but they don't really have another choice. Unless you want to play Gunnar Gatula and see what you got. Uh, yeah. I don't know that he's ready, but I think you can mix him in. Anyway, Turner Corcoran plays well. I think I that think offensive, line, more offensive line in general just needs to be more consistent because there have been moments where you're like, hey, you know, you're getting protection for Heinrich, and then there are times, and also too, like Ethan Piper blows up one guy a game. Yes. Right, and then there are other times where I, Ooh, that was ugly, you know. So I just think that line in general, but yeah, in particularly and the left tackle, the left tackle is the most important offensive ta- offensive lineman. And the last thing on this, if there's one guy who hasn't at some point been mentioned as the best offensive lineman, yeah. for Nebraska, yeah, it's Ben Turner. Court, you've seen Turner. it from New Ailey, you've seen it from Piper. I agree. Ben Hart, Scott, Ben Hart, yeah, Ben Hart, you need better, to, man. You need to see it from Corcoran. shout out Brett That's Ben my guy. Hart. He was he was you know he was kind of the donkey last year when it came yeah. to the offensive line. A lot of people drug him through the mud. He has not been 
uh, as uh, he's not been a problem. He's not been a problem. And Who's credit, your guy on offense? Whoever the quarterback is. So come on, man. Whoever the quarterback <laughs> is. Uh, no, up. It's got to be Emmett Johnson. We we kind of already Emmett talked Johnson. about it. Right. Uh, I think that we're getting to the point where I don't know if the team is really comfortable with giving Anthony Grant the football, knowing that there could be an impending fumble and a turnover. I, yeah, seriously, like that's that's. I mean, Rule said literally in a press conference, you can't fumble the ball Tuesday and Wednesday, and they go on the field and then fumble on the Saturday within tw- within yeah. the twenty, and they don't have anyone else really to give the ball. And Josh Fleek's got one attempt, so I think yeah. and. Also, too, Emma Johnson had just gotten like two carries a game. Last game against Illinois, it went all the way up to seven. He was running really well at one point. I think that's gonna he's gonna have to be the guy uh, to step up and, and do that. So for me, where I think they'll end up going in terms of who gets the time and who gets the carries, it's got to be Emma Johnson. Yeah. Halfway through the de- uh, the season, uh, looking at this defense, who has impressed you the most amongst that group? Ooh, of black uh, impressed me. The, impressed me the most. I'm going to go with Omar Brown, man. I think Omar Brown has looked really good. I think Deshaun Singleton as well can be in it. Uh, You hope he comes back healthy, but Omar Brown and Deshaun Singleton, you know, it's always good when you don't notice a cornerback. It's always good when you don't notice, like, oh, you know, he's having a bad game or whatever. Omar Brown. Oh, yeah, safety. Well, defensive back in general, but yeah. Sure. Omar Brown, you give me yours. We're we're getting a little... uh, Nash Hutmaker. Nash, oh, Good one. The the way I w- look, I I will be the first to admit I was terrified of how this defensive line would affect the season. They have affected the season in the complete opposite direction. I, I agree. There are so many more reasons why this team has not won four and, games, and, maybe even five. The way the Colorado game goes, that that defensive line has been so pleasantly surprising, and you have to start with Nash Hutmaker in the middle of that line because the way he has played has allowed everybody else to flourish has allowed the rest of the defense in general, not just the D-line, to flourish. Sure. His steps forward have been such a, a welcome surprise. For I'll give defense. you one more. Makai Bayer as well at yeah. linebacker. has He's had a really, really good season, too. You know, he's, He maybe faltered just a little bit in that Michigan and uh, Illinois game. We haven't seen him. He a, had a big play against Illinois. He had a massive play against yeah. Illinois, but that was kind of his only play. But regardless, we're talking about a guy who many people did not expect to play in general, who's out there consistently getting a lot of snaps with this incredibly strong linebacking core. You're hoping that, you know, undisclosed injury with Luke Reimer, uh, it seemed like a pretty scary incident. We hope he's okay. We hope to see him back. I don't know how much clarification we'll get on him, but in his absence, Bayer, Javen Wright, both have done a pretty good job stepping up. But I will say this. Um, you, you talked about D-line, and we talked about it earlier in the year with Mike Schaefer and Evan Bland. Who's the strength of the team? Is it the D-line? Is it the secondary? We're getting to the point where both are equally as strong and very yeah. good, and it's a reason why this defense is becoming elite to the point where it can just win you Big Ten football games, which it's been a while since it's a defensive unit uh, on Nebraska has been able to do that. Could not have convinced me that the defensive line would play that sure. before the sure. season started. That's Matt McMaster. I'm Cole Stukenholtz. Thanks to Kenny Larrabee as well, getting us on the Facebook Live. Uh, we are Husker Hour. We will see you next week. And, hey, if we die, we die. 